Hey guys, I'm Raul Coley and I am off Vader, a weird terrier apparently. My name is Ayana White, I'm a writer for iZombie. Hi, I'm Molly Hagan, I play Liv's mom on iZombie. And you're listening to the iZombie podcast. Is that really how you're going to sit? Can't you sit up? Sit up? Sit up? Up? You're listening oh, to no. the <laughs> iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fantabulous podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and are you not entertained? Uh, I'm Stephanie, and I like Jaeger bombs and uh, homoerotic subtext. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I promise I won't do the bro voice uh, for the entire podcast, but... Um, I can't say uh, the same for our guest. Uh, this week we're joined by another big part of the iZombie fandom from uh, iZombie Nation, SJ Allen. Welcome to the show, SJ. Uh, thanks for having me, brother. Uh, so uh, iZombie Nation is a huge uh, following. I've seen you ba- basically uh, tweeting like a madman uh, ever since uh, ever since the show got started, even beforehand. Uh, we've been chatting back and forth. Um, can you... Can you- yeah, I've been been going back and forth since I believe February. Wow. Um, can you can you tell the listeners about iZombie Nation? Ah, uh, well, well, basically, what iZombie Nation is, I, I tried to make it the uh, a news source for everything on iZombie from the cast, uh, everything that they're that they're working on, and uh, keep everybody up on the the comic and the TV series. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and uh, where can people find iZombie Nation? Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, we just we just uh, got on Facebook as well. At uh, you can search us at iZombie Nation. Um, you can follow us online at iZombieNation.com or on Tumblr at iZombieNation.tumblr.com. Cool. And we'll have you repeat that all again at the end of the show um, because uh, I just I just sure, I just no love this fandom. Uh, <laughs> um, so. You can just go to iZombieNation.com. Everything is is there for you to yeah. to find me. It's a nice website too. Uh, oh, thank you. You're welcome. I've killed myself many many hours trying to get that <laughs> up. And a uh, uh, little known fact, like the uh, my original website went down, I believe in April, uh-huh. and like I I almost like kind of gave up everything. Oh, that but fan uh, uh, kind of kept me going, so like I'm I'm still here because of the fandom. So yeah, that's uh, that would be uh, that would be a problem. That right as the show is about to start, after all that waiting, <laughs> then uh, then yeah, it gets started, uh, it gets shut down. Oh, what a pain! Did you have to like move everything from one site to another? Uh, yeah, I had to move it from another another. Um, I, well, basically, what happened the first time it went down, I tried to rebuild it from scratch again. Uh, luckily, I had some of the files still left over. Mm-hmm. Um, I rebuilt the site, and the whole website crashed again. And I figured, you know, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But, I, you know, like I said, the fandom kind of kept me going when I felt like giving yeah. up. So uh, I, I kind of moved everything to a new hosting site, and uh, everything's back up and running now. Cool. Do you run any other nations? Uh, right now, this is the, the only, only one. one. Cool. Uh, the only one. Maybe maybe I might get into another one. Yeah. I have to find one just as good as iZombie, but uh, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, uh, folks, uh, the, the podcast definitely isn't coming as early as it did last week. Uh, last week we had to actually, uh, get out to you early because I was headed to New York Comic Con, um, just a, a day later. So, 
Um, oh, how was that? Wow. Uh, huge. Uh, very busy. I did a lot of uh, press uh, for it, but unfortunately it was nothing iZombie to speak of. I mean, I didn't even see any cosplayers. I was very, very depressed. New York listeners, what happened? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we did get tweeted uh, one photo of uh, a trio of folks. Uh, one was Liv, one was Major, and one was I think Ravi? I forget. I'm trying to remember the picture. Uh, but that was super awesome. Um but uh, yeah, I was I was looking everywhere. I was like, I saw lots of uh, lots of other uh, fandoms represented, but um, no Eye Zombie. So I don't know. Maybe next year. Maybe, maybe next, next year. year. <laughs> um. So so yeah, we we had to record early. So some of the feedback came in for Grumpy Old uh, Live, and that I didn't want to uh, miss out on. So uh, we have three pieces of feedback. Um, let's just uh, start with. Uh, Moira's voicemail. This is about, again, Grumpy Old Liv. Hey, Robin and Steph. It's Moira. Just watched the season opener, Grumpy Old Liv, and must say I rather enjoyed that brain of the week. A cantankerous Liv is an amusing creature indeed. I like that we've had a three-month little gap in time, and we now have a more crystallized idea of where everybody's at. Um, I don't know about you, Robin and Steph, but when I saw Blaine appear in a funeral parlor, uh, my mind shot right back to six feet under, um, and that made me smile. And as he points out, it really does make perfect sense. If he wants to keep supplying his customers, this seems like a very convenient way to get brains. So you have to kind of give the guy credit for ingenuity. But of course, it's really just a front for his drug trade. That doesn't surprise anybody, I am sure. Um, I don't know about you, but I was not expecting that Gelda would turn out to be Liv's new roomie. I probably should have seen that coming, but I honestly didn't. And I found it pretty heartbreaking watching poor Major be, uh, you know, blackmailed into becoming essentially a hitman. Um, you know, especially when you realize that he's aware that there's a potential cure in the works, and that's got to be tough for him. Um, as for the actual case of the week, it, it was a bit math for me. I thought the actor who portrayed the dog-owning neighbor was great. He was fabulous, but... Um, I just wasn't as engaged in that storyline. I think I'm much more interested in knowing you know, what's happening to our main characters. I'm all about the characters, so that's just the way I roll. And I am anxious to see when Peyton will reappear. We know she's coming back, but we don't quite know when, so I'm eagerly anticipating that, too. Anyway, this was a good, solid opener. It just advance the plot. Oh, sorry, one more thing I forgot to say. Yeah, I like the way Clive is poking around uh, into the, the, you know, the previous deaths of all those guys at the meat cute. Um, he is like a dog with a bone, and he's not going to let it go, and I like that as being part of his character, but also it adds a little interesting dramatic tension just to keep us all on our toes. So that was well done, too. So, overall, I would give this a good, solid, um, I think, hmm... I'm wavering between a seven and a half and an eight. I think a good solid seven and a half out of ten waffle stompers. All right, till next time. Bye. Thanks, Moira. I'll upgrade your score to a ten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, uh, Steph, do you have our email open? No. Remind me to put that in my phone. Okay. <laughs> At some other 
Um, That's fine. I will read these last two emails here. Um, our first is from Heidi. Uh, she says, Hey guys, I'm so excited iZombie is back for season two. I haven't been reading any spoilers, so I'll probably comment on some things that others have known for months. The crime scene reminded me of The Wizard of Oz, but with a car. <laughs> yeah. And what? The, the crime scene. The fact that... Oh, the car that oh. fell on him. <laughs> The only thing was missing was his legs rolling back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we also got, I mean, side note for me, we got a Gilda in that episode and not a Glenda. So, uh, you know. Uh, anyway, Heidi continues. One thing I don't like is the situation with Evan and their mom. Liv should have told them that she had some sort of rare disease that made her blood so she made her blood so she couldn't donate. She didn't have to tell the truth, just a version of it. It seems like unnecessary drama. Liv is more than a little depressed. She had to find a roommate, and pretty much the only people still talking to her are Ravi and Clive. Blaine has a new profession. He's just drawn to death, isn't he? But he is still a criminal mastermind. Just because he's not a zombie anymore doesn't make him a nice guy. Your t-shirt's stupid. That's meant to be literal. That was a great quote. Liv is hilarious as a crotchety old man. Also, it's Max from Veronica Mars. He's still in college, probably still selling exams, too. That's why he didn't want to leave his name on the tip line. That or he's the killer. Way to go, Clive. He gets the win on solving the case. I don't care how mean and ornery the old man was. That's no excuse for his family not to claim his body. That's just not right. Major is now a human zombie detector, and Liv's new roommate does not work for the IRS. That should go interesting places. I can't wait. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. And uh, the last email here is from Franzi. Or Franzi? What did we decide to call her last season? <laughs> I call her Franzi. Franzi. <laughs> Hello, she says with a smiley face. It was so nice waking up on Wednesday morning with a new episode of iZombie and a new episode of your podcast. Also, great to hear the lovely voice of Kirsten. I wish I could have participated in the trivia. Stupid time difference. Anyway, what an awesome episode. I appreciate that it picked up where it left off. I like so many aspects of the season two premiere. To name just a few. Liv bumping into Jimmy and his coffee. New Hope. Blaine. I don't know why, but I like human Blaine even more than zombie Blaine. And, of course, Rose McIver's performance. Right now, I'm mostly intrigued by Major's storyline. I'm wondering how dark he'll become and if he'll be able to live with himself. I doubt that which why well, I doubt that which why I predict that Major will die at the end of the season. What do you think? I doubt that which is why. Oh, which is why. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so uh, she says, "Have a nice week, Frenzy." Uh, so, what do you guys think? Major's major death at the end of the season? No, 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 no. Yeah. He's too I'll, compelled I'll to kill. Him. After lol, I will cry. No way. <laughs> no way. They want to do that to us, right? <laughs> Okay, well. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I could see, what's the redhead? Gilda. Uh, Gilda. Yeah. Like, I could see her. She's dispen- dispensable. Dispendable? Expendable? That's the Ex- Expendable. Indispensable? <laughs> In- no, 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 expendable. Ob- dispensable. Okay. Like Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Let's get to news here. <laughs> Uh, Grumpy Old Liv got a .7, which was better than the finale, which got a .5. But then again, the finale had a did not have a brand new flash to lead us in. Which it, it, so uh, the premiere actually 
got a little bit more. However, here we are in the second week, and Zombie Bro got a point five. Come on, folks. People with Nielsen boxes, you need to be uh, watching your yeah. zombie. What's going on? Is it in, Are the baseball playoffs on now? Is it sports we can blame it on now? I think right. so. I'm no, not sure. I know, the, I know the debate was yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the, the debate got a huge audience. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, would, it, would the same people, would that be the same audience? I don't know. It, I mean, it was for <laughs> me, but I think I'm odd. <laughs> <laughs> Guy zombies, so <laughs> I don't know. I, w- I was interested. You're not the yeah. only one. I was interested, but I was like, hey, these guys have another like year to impress me. I mean, I want to watch iZombie tonight. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the uh, Rotten Tomato? Score? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're certified 100% fresh. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know Rotten Tomatoes yeah. rated t- TV shows. <laughs> Yeah, they do. We we almost made 100 last season. I think it was at 91%. All right. Who was it? <laughs> Who do we have to club? <laughs> <laughs> but the critic score was 95%. It says that uh, iZombie smoothly shifts gear shifts gears in its second season, moving between comedy and dramatic procedural while skillfully satirizing modern uh, society. I don't know. I broke. I cut off my word, my, my sentence there. <laughs> All right. Well, I I, I agree. Whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next three. Ne- next bit of uh, news, and it's sort of a spoilery one. So skip ahead like one minute if you really don't want to know about any what what's coming up uh, at all at iZombie. Uh, but it's just simply news about what the next three brains are going to be. The next three brains. Go ahead and skip ahead if you don't want to hear it. Real yeah. Housewife brain is next week. Then it's con- country yes. western brain. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I think will provide some singing from Rose McIver and guitar playing, which is totally awesome. And then basketball coach brain. <laughs> so wow. um, he's going to be uh, throwing some chairs. I'm assuming. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think she said on uh, Jimmy Kimmel that uh, there's going to be a magician oh, brain. Really? I have not seen that interview yet. I heard that uh, uh, Kimmel makes fun of her accent a lot. Well, it was it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. It was probably like a, a oh, joke or good. two. Yeah, I gotta check that out. But yeah, she performed a, a, a an illusion. It was really cute. A, ca- a card oh, really? trick. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check it out, and uh, I'll post it uh, in all our uh, social media. Um, okay, so wow, let's get right into the episode. Uh, I zombie, I zombie bro, or is it I zombie bro? <laughs> or I zombie bro? I zombie bro. Uh, <laughs> bro. <laughs> written by the super amazing, uh, always invited on our show anytime she wants. Uh, Diane Rogerio writes. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I just I kind of split this up. I uh, I thought maybe we talk about Blaine first, then the case, and then uh, all the stuff happening with uh, Roger and Major at the end. Does that sound good? Sure. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. You got it, dude. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Uh, wait. Is there is that two Stephanies on the podcast? Anyway. Uh, wait. That's uh. That's not Stephanie. That's. Uh, I think that's I think that's Michelle. for Michelle. Okay, so step in Michelle. Okay, I'll be DJ. All right. Uh, 
with uh, Blaine, we're we're here at Shady Plots, and uh, in the first scene, I was pretty impressed. I mean, I was worried that we were talking about Mr. Boss too early in our news segment, but here he is getting his name checked all over the episode. Um, yeah, so, okay, so Mr. Boss, who is uh, named after yeah. Fit Boss, because apparently everybody's afraid of him on set, <laughs> which I guess is a joke. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Because... <laughs> Yeah, Diane, her sense of humor is kind of sarcastic, I guess. So. I, I don't know. I, I just Hard. love her. And, and her her Twitter feed is uh, definitely one to watch if she's uh, written the show. Um, yeah, th- but this Mr. Boss is actually Stacy Boss. Stacy Boss. And so Blaine worked for mm-hmm. him before. So he was the guy that um, the th- was in charge of those three thugs or two thugs that uh, Blaine eviscerated in their car, right? <laughs> in the, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's funny. This is one of the first echoes back to uh, Diane Ruggiero's writes uh, first uh, episode of Eye Zombie, which is uh, Brother, Can You Spare a Brain? Um, so it's kind of interesting. To, we find out a lot about where... Blaine came from what what Blaine was in the middle of when he was turned into a zombie. A, a lot, you know, breaking through some of that mystery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Blaine is sending out Speedy to recruit drug dealers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want, like, street-level guys. He wants specific guys who come from rich families who have been outcast from their... From their parents. Mm-hmm. I thought this was interesting. That's unusual. Because usually you would want somebody who, um, like under the radar, I suppose. I don't know if I were to go find some drug dealers. <laughs> but, well, this kind of proves how much of a mastermind Blaine is. He seems to be uh, several steps yeah, ahead. He, he must have just assumed that Mr. Boss was going to take out these, you know, young... I think Blaine did that on purpose yeah. so that... Uh, you could have the DA go after Mr. Boss, kind of get, you know, get rid of two birds with one stone. Yeah, he has a plan. And, uh... But one of the things I was I was kind of worried, I was wondering, um, like, do you think that Blank can still make zombies? I suppose. Because he did have, like, new, new muscle, new zombie muscle, you know, downstairs. Yeah, that's true. And this is uh, Chief, who we're meeting. I, I It said he was in the last episode. I, I must have not seen him, but, um... Uh, this is Colossus from the upcoming Deadpool movies, and uh, he does look pretty colossal. But I, yeah, he's pretty big. No, he's a really big know, guy. Maybe, maybe uh, he had, you know, not everybody in his crew might not have been in that in the meat cute when it blew up. You know, it might have been some other people delivering, or I don't know. All you need is one. Just say, hey, go scratch that guy. So that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. I was, and I we found out. I'm sorry. And we find out more about the utopia. Mm-hmm. We, higher highs and lower yeah. lows. Does that like, uh, just mean it's uh, bad hangovers or something uh, zombie-related? Probably not zombie-related, right? No. Uh, somebody said that it was glorified ecstasy. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I took that as a, uh, it's a more extreme ecstasy. Like, I've never taken ecstasy, but from what I understand... It's, you know, a rush of endorphins and you're, you feel really, really good. And then, oh, you're like dopamine and serotonin is gone. So you're like low and depressed. 
And so I guess that makes sense with how uh, Major reacted. Mm. Oh, well, good. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Later. Yeah. Um, but uh, it looks like Don E. Uh, wasn't uh, a believer in his brother Scott E. Um, and uh, I love his reaction and what the camera does um, when he first sees Chief just fumbling through somebody's skull. Just the yeah. <laughs> Like, he's just, like, disgusted, and the camera, like, zooms in on his face. It's, like, horrified face. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I think the next bit of Blaine's uh, plot we pick up with uh, the, the chapter title uh, Bates Motel. Um, we have Speedy freaking out because all four of the, his dealers were bumped off. And uh, Blaine's like, don't worry, we'll take care of you. And then destroys his phone. <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. He leaves him out there because he has nobody to uh, take care of him. So he could be yeah. next. But again, I'm sure his is just a big setup. I mean, because he was telling Speedy to begin with that you are going to be like the face of this. I don't, you know, I'm not going to be a part of this at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, And it's here where we first really get some lines from who I was writing in my notes as Harmony. (laughs) This this blonde girl... um, uh, is her name's not Harmony? What, what the heck was it? I don't know, but she's a beauti- like mm-hmm. a beautician. She seemed to have the same relationship with uh, with uh, with Blaine as Harmony would with Spike. Uh, man, I'm I'm trying to find her name. Oh, Verna, Verna Addis. Verna. Yeah. I, I I I'm not sure if that's like an anagram that I need to figure out or what, or just just a strange name. Uh, but yeah, we get, uh, I love the, the fact that he's like, you know, this is the first, I mean, we, we've been hearing about what Blaine's going to do. He's going to, he's going to get himself done up like a zombie and then he's going to go out and do business. And this is the first time in the season we get to see him do that. And, uh, yeah. What did she say? She said, uh, you know, Oh, I'm not finished. And he said, more milky Tilda Swinton, less Casper's ass. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And, uh, yeah, we get to meet the DA, Floyd Baracus. DA Baracus to anybody who's a A-Team fan. A-Team, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't catch that the first time. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he's basically saying, bring down bring down Mr. Boss and use, you'll be, quote-unquote, untouchable. Yeah. Uh, and he's got to get some money. It's not it, brains aren't going to be enough to to for the DA to take down like the biggest crime lord in Seattle. So uh, yeah, where does he go to? Yeah, he keeps. Go ahead. He keeps saying the DA keeps saying one in eight cops and one in three judges. One in eight cops, one in hmm. three judges. Yeah, what did that mean? <laughs> I would. I, oh, well, just that, I think. Um, I think that's uh, Mr. Boss has that oh. many uh, judges and cops on his oh, payroll. Right, right. So even yeah. if they took him in, it, he wouldn't get processed. So Blaine needs a little bit of cashola to uh, win over D.A. Baracus, <laughs> and uh, we uh, <laughs> go in the chapter titled "White People Problems," which is hilarious because uh, zombies. Um, to his father, Angus. The, what a fantastic yeah, scene. Yeah, totally. 
the intensity of these two actors they are just alike and to listen to you know he's gonna do his father just like his father did to mm-hmm. his grandfather like they are two peas in pie they're mm-hmm. just alike and they they have the same intensity oh god i mean if if like just a couple of years ago before even i zombie started if you could tell me if, if, if somebody asked me like who are like your favorite uh, villain actors on TV? I would probably say Robert Nepper and David Anders, <laughs> hands down, uh, because of their previous work in like Alias, and then you know Robert Nepper and in, in, uh, Heroes and Prison Break. And uh, yeah, it's funny they were both on Heroes, but I don't think they had a scene together. Um, no. Yeah, I think that was different seasons. I think maybe were, I think they were different yeah. seasons. Yeah. Robert Nepper, I think Robert Nepper was towards the end of, of yeah, Heroes. Yeah, he was in the last season. But there there was an episode uh, that uh, Hero gets put on trial in his brain, <laughs> and uh, David Anders comes back to represent him. And that's an... Oh my god, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's fourth season, Heroes. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Anyway, back to this awesome scene. So we find out here that Angus was actually Blaine's first victim. He's the first person that Blaine turned into a zombie. To, you know, he's like, hmm, who am I, who am I going to control? Oh, I'm going to go to my dad. Yeah, they keep talking about Oedipus mm-hmm. and... Uh, Horatio Alger. The, uh, yeah, I looked that up. Do you know what that means? Uh, oh my god. I, I, I did look it up and now I my brain just fell out. Um he was a prolific nineteenth century American author best known for his many juvenile novels about impoverished boys and their rise from uh, humble backgrounds to lives of middle class security and comfort through hard work, determination, courage and honesty. The Horatio Alger myth is the classic American success story and character arc, the trajectory from rags to riches. It comes from uh, the novels of Horatio yeah. Alger. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, after the Civil yeah, War. Angus was pretty much like, he was saying that Angus was trying to pass himself off as some sort of Horatio Alger story, rags to riches. But really, Angus did pretty much the same thing that Blaine's doing to uh, his dad, so... And, uh, yeah, I mean, Angus uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Lionel Luthor from uh, Smallville. He's kind of drove his mm-hmm. drove his wife to kill herself and had his father locked up. Real twisted stuff. And um, we find out that Blaine was just this kind of, like, silver-spooned uh, rich boy, like... Um, just trying to constantly impress his dad and, and to get get some sort of business going, but only like show any sort of affection towards his father if he needed something. Um, yeah, so it's at this point where, you know, I, I actually wrote down uh, a quote from The Inside Look with uh, Rob Thomas and Diana Ruggiero Wright, and she said, and they say, uh, ooh, we might have Lannistered Blaine, <laughs> which is something they, they've been talking about in the mid-season, like, uh, how, like, uh, Blaine, he can't possibly be redeemed uh, after murdering half the homeless of Seattle. Um, but yet, Jamie Lannister of Game of Thrones pushes a child out a window, and now, several seasons later, he's, like, a heroic character. So, <laughs> I still think we got a long way to go with, for Blaine to be redeemed. But I, I did, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I did feel a little bit of pity. Um, like, like, yeah, he's being pretty evil to his father, too. 
But it's like, if he wasn't raised that way, I think, he might have been a different person. Like a like a nurture thing here. Yeah. And you always, you know, feel sorry for people who've lost mm-hmm. a parent. You know, no, no mother. So. Like, he, yeah, he lost his mother to suicide. Grand, he says his grandfather loved him, and yet, you know, Angus sent him away. Yeah, it, it just fleshes out his character mm-hmm. a lot better. And, you know, it's not like Angus is... Did I say flushes? I meant flushes. <laughs> Fl- <laughs> flushes his character right down the toilet. No. Uh, <laughs> um, and, yeah, Angus isn't exactly... I mean, it's like you feel you almost feel bad for him, too, because, you know, Blaine is controlling him, but yet he is being, like, worst dad ever. Just completely like, oh, look at the crybaby, you know, kind of, kind of uh, attitude towards Blaine. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing more from the both of them in the, the coming weeks. Most definitely. And, uh, so let's move on to the murder of Chad Walkoff and, uh, Liv and Clyde's investigation. Uh, okay, can I say first that Liv's costume, I <laughs> like the olive coat, the long olive jacket in the first scene that was great ah. where when they first came to the frat house. And then the uh, dental mini skirt with the belt and the blue blouse. That's mm. adorable. I sorry, that's just, I'm just I have costume on the brain <laughs> these fine. days. So I like the police tape uh, dress. That was awesome. <laughs> oh that was I, great. I think that's probably the popular yeah. one. The crime scene tape. <laughs> Uh, matter of fact, um, let's see, where do I have it here? Uh, Rose MacGyver said that uh, she would be beyond happy to see people cosplay as live in the police tape dress this uh, this Halloween on her, on her Twitter <laughs> So the case begins at this frat house, uh, which, uh, you know, um, Kirsten, if you're listening, I'm not going to remember, so you can take points away from me in the next trivia. But uh, I have it written down here, it's Zeta, Beta, Theta. So, uh, yeah, Greek, Greek, Greek letters. Um, we have our Chad saying, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your beers. That was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> and then this creepy, furry, uh, blue bear captain, uh, what the heck, what the heck, what the heck, what the heck was it? And something, the mascot walks over and really shivs him hard, drops him right in the middle of the floor. So Ugh, that was brutal. So I think the furry thing is kind of on it it's I kind of so. going out of style. I don't see it. Did you see furries at New uh, York Comic I mean mm, you know what? Uh, mm, if I did I probably looked away. I would I <laughs> They didn't catch your attention. Uh, No, no. I was mostly looking for zombies. (laughs) Well, uh, at DragonCon a few years ago, I saw a few. I mean, I'm not talking about the fetish. I'm talking about just like cosplay. And and I don't understand. Uh, Maybe you want to be completely covered and completely, you know, incognito. Nobody can see you, but it's hot. I don't know why exactly. you want to wear that. No, there was a lot of stuff walking around Comic-Con. You know, people are really into the anime thing, and I just, I have no clue about it. So half the time, if I did see something strange, I probably would have been just like, oh, that's probably some anime thing that I don't know anything about. 
But uh, so yeah. maybe I saw some furries. <laughs> no idea. Well, Diane said that uh, I guess it was in this first scene where Liv is at the uh, front house. She says uh, there was a beat of Liv and a trampy zombie girl, but we had to cut it for time. Why is Halloween so bloody now? <laughs> Um, the the crime scene I thought felt a lot like uh, uh, another echo of uh, Brother Can You Spare a Brain. The opening scene of that episode where Ravi and Liv are leaning over the painter laying on the floor seemed like a like it was almost framed uh-huh. exactly like uh, the murder of Chad here. So I don't know if that was intentional, but. Um, we go to the morgue and Rob, Rob Thomas said, uh, they're doing a little something different with the, uh, eating of the brains this year. They're doing more of an Edgar Wright guy, Richie thing, which is like quick cut of the blender, quick cut of the microwave, quick cut of the her taking a bite. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. That's exciting. So we had some brain nachos this, this, this episode. Numb. Uh, John Kretschmer, uh, that directed this episode, also directed ah, Brother Kitty Spare Brain. I was just, I was just gonna ask that because it, it seemed like it was shot by the mm-hmm. same, the same director. Maybe it was yeah. intentional, or maybe they were, they were like, "Oh, this worked, this worked before. Let's do this again." I don't know. Um, we have our first uh, red solo cup uh, here with Liv trying to pump a keg and fill that up. Um. And this interrogation is one of the first of many, like, great interactions that Liv has with uh, different people. Well, it was good that she she could relate to these guys. Like, I I doubt that um, Clive could have communicated well with them, well enough to get the info Mm -hmm. that she was able to get. Even, you know, even without the, yeah. the, the visions. Were you going to say yes, Jay? Clive looked like he was just pulling out his hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's narrow it down. Who do you guys think sucks? <laughs> I was like, uh, that's not like what we're doing. <laughs> that's not a good jumping off point. <laughs> That's a totally good jumping off point, bro. Uh, so, yeah, we meet uh, Austin and Brody and uh, who else? Randy. Um, we hear about a uh, this, they, the fact that they uh, YouTube some poor uh, overweight guy who, who who's naked waking up in the middle of the night, slipping around in, in uh, butter naked. But, you know, big, big prankster that Chad uh, and always there for his brothers. Um, except for uh, Randy, we have this vision where Randy says, you've ruined my life. <laughs> and Liv calls him right out. And, oh, my God, probably in my top three of favorite things that happens in this episode, Brody going to the commercial, Brody going, damn! <laughs> uh, that yeah. guy was great. Yeah. He really um, was. Yeah, actually, uh, Diane did tweet about him. I don't have the Twitter here, but I'll tell you what the actor's name is. Justin Prince. Justin right. Oh, so that that was apparently he was in Glee. Yeah, she said something about how like she'd love to build a show around him. He's that funny. So yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, he was. So there. poor Randy had to dis, uh, got was made to streak, but didn't know that he was being sent to streak in front of an elementary school, and because of this, is now a sex offender, which is 
horrible. Oh, that's the worst. Oh. Yeah, that is bad. Um, we see that his uh, his Halloween costume is very familiar to me. Um, he's got the the shower costume from Karate Kid. <laughs> Yeah. Um, karate Kid, yeah. <laughs> so um, we couldn't really um, see whether or not it was actually him wearing that costume, and it was funny. Uh, they they seemed to you know distract from that talking about Megan Rally's cans. Uh, so, but I was thinking maybe the Diane was trying to distract us and maybe come back and make it so Randy was the killer later. Um, but I guess not. But uh, how about Megan Riley's cans? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Say nah, bro. I like, like, hers is like more yeah. tear I've never heard breasts being described as a teardrop. <laughs> <laughs> Which just is so obnoxious, and, uh, but yet so hilarious. I don't know. <sighs> um, and then uh, I love I love when Clive isn't made to look like a complete idiot. He it seems like he's catching on, and I really hope they pay off. Um, they say he says something about how Liv is. Uh, like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Cho- yeah. You're going to get chocolate, bro. <laughs> you're going to get chocolate, bro. Uh, and uh, it's at this point where uh, Liv pranks Robbie, which is <laughs> amazing. Um, I had no idea that... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think when seeing Robbie all done up in the commercials that it was actually Liv that did it to him. But it's amazing. And then when she says brain fart later, (laughs) (laughs) I love the image of the skeletons. uh, One spanking the other. (laughs) (laughs) They both have their mouths open. (laughs) I don't know if it was you or was it, might've been somebody else. I ended up retweeting last night. Uh, If someone had taken a screenshot and and a close up on those skeletons and the CW logo was watermarked on the screen right next to the skeletons. And I was like, this should be like on a billboard. (laughs) 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 So, uh, it's at this point, this case is so complex. And then I really, I really liked the fact that I could not figure it out. Um, but we go on to uh, 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 the another Chad Walkoff, um, who was a victim of a prank because frat Chad decided to get drunk and pretend to be this uh, this other Chad and lecture a bunch of high schoolers about uh, drinking. And uh, yeah, um, and so it's at this point that uh, Liv ends up going uh, not exactly undercover, but she goes to this frat party with uh gilda and uh i just i just love to read like what gilda is like reporting back to um vaughn about about this whole <laughs> this whole party <laughs> um yeah because you can tell gilda mm-hmm. is trying to figure it out well no, she's she, she knows it lives a zombie but it's like what is she because of like like She's like hoping she that Liv doesn't eat the wrong brain and have to, she has to deal with going to a frat party as a as a result. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what she's got to report on, but maybe she's just got to. Well, she keeps she keeps asking her, "What's the point here? You said yeah. this is for work," and Liv keeps getting distracted by like beer mm-hmm. pong or whatever. Like I, I wonder, do they know about the visions? <sighs> Oh, or like yeah. the characteristic traits. Yeah, that's that's true. I 
you know, maybe maybe they don't know about that that part. That's true. I I was also thinking like, what is the point of this? I'm like, I, I didn't know if she was just pretending to be a sleeper agent. Is just being a sleeper agent and ready to kill Liv at like the moment's phone call or whatever, or um, or what? Um, but uh, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so Liv. And I just wonder, how is Peyton going to come back? I want Peyton to come back. How's the dynamic mm. going to change? You know, what is it going to mean wonder for Liv? I wonder when Let's wait till the end of the episode. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so uh, not that we're saying that Peyton's coming back, guys. We're not trying to spoil you. Okay, um, so it's here that Liv is trying to be proactive, and we... Uh, First, uh, find out about uh, the game Due Date or Delete, which is a offshoot of Mary Boff Kill. Maybe that was trademarked. I don't know. Maybe it's a more yeah. CW-friendly yeah. way to say it. So, um, I mean, I'd be very confused if I was posed this question, so I'm just going to send it right back to you, Steph. Uh, Tom Hardy, Tom Brady, Tom Cruise. Mary Tom Hardy. <laughs> okay. Delete Tom Brady. And you get you get freaky that's with Tom Cruise. <laughs> I guess maybe. Dude hangs off okay, the side of a fine. plane. I'm as sure long as I get to sure Mary Tom right. Hardy, he's got some in- endurance. <laughs> that's okay. What? I trailed sorry, off what? on purpose because I felt uncomfortable immediately talking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Liv is where. Go ahead. Well, what was? Hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. What was the? What was the female? It was like Kate Middleton. Oh Kate. gosh, yeah, that's right. I didn't write that down. Okay, one of them go. was Katy Perry. Yeah, I have no idea. I would date them all. <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't even know who the third Kate is. Anyway, uh, so Liv's wearing caution tape as a dress, but uh, Gilda is wearing a garbage bag. <laughs> Garbage bag. Do you think she had that in the closet, or was that just like thrown together last minute? I'm thinking both of those were thrown together last minute, and I wonder if like we totally missed out on a scene of like live in the police station, like raiding uh, a closet, <laughs> getting police tape out, and being like, "Wrap this around me." Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, she does try to investigate, and I love the the misdirect here, the the voiceover. She's trying to think and whatever. This is the time when I'm going to whatever, and and then boom, beer pong. Time to get your balls wet, bros. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, she's like, I'm totally gonna do this for justice, and oh my god, <laughs> yes. beer pong. <laughs> Um, and yeah, we, I mean, just the, it just gets grosser. I mean, they've got trophies for dog fighting and this poor girl, Paulette, uh, Clive has to call into the station as a possible suspect. And cause she is as tall as this, uh, Captain Wazzles. That's what it is. Captain Wazzles. Um, I was not expecting her to be that tall. Um, yeah, and it's funny because uh, she's supposed to be homely, and I guess uh, Diane said that they did a lot to try to make her look as homely as possible. She, she's, yeah, they said she, yeah. she was cute, and uh, the makeup department mm. had to like, really work to make her not cute. Um, and then we be- meet uh, Becky and Sunny, um, who uh, were using, quote-unquote, the costume. Uh, Becky is into furries, and... Uh, 
This is probably, I think this is probably number one. Number one favorite uh, reaction of Liv's is her listening to this and insisting on <laughs> details and photos. Uh, amazing. Um, but yeah, Clive can't seem to find a motive. And then when they're talking about this do dump date game, uh, do, do date delete game later about Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney, they realize we could have been talking about the wrong Chad. So it turns out that Sonny murdered the wrong Chad. And excellent performance uh, um, in this episode by Grayson Gabriel, who plays Sonny. Um, it was almost like last week when um, Byron was really upset because he murdered, like, two weeks in a row, we get these murders. That uh, were done, you know, for the wrong reasons or were, were accidental or not accidental, but it was the wrong person or for the wrong reason. But, yeah. yeah, it's tragic, sad, not just uh, out of malice and, you know, or a sociopathic. Well, I mean, this, this, this death was, was more premeditated. The other one was, yeah. was an accident. Well, fit of rage, not exactly an accident. I mean, he kicked the thing obviously he knows that the car's gonna fall on him but um but yeah this this poor kid his father was killed of a drunk driver but then the other chad was on on a path to redemption by teaching children about drunk driving and trying to make amends and uh sonny ends up in his rage uh killing the wrong chad so sad um but um an excellent brain as a result. There's like one review I read that was like, they were like, this, you know, this, this was just kind of a lame, lame brain this week. And was the jokes weren't that funny. They were obnoxious. I didn't feel like it at all. I, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. And I mean, this was a really fun episode. I, I accidentally didn't <laughs> want the episode to end. I mean, maybe I could see if you were the kind of person who thought that straight white men were becoming, you know, uh, the the segment of society that's ma- being made fun of, or you know, being uh, <laughs> repressed. If you're if you're like a uh, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> You know, there are men, there are men. Oh, the men's rights There groups? are some men who think, <laughs> yes, that think mm-hmm. that they're being repressed. And, I mean, I, you know, I can see if you might be offended, feeling like um, that, or if maybe you were a yeah. member of a fraternity, no, that this might I, I, be the wrong way. Not all frat yeah. guys are this way. Not all frat guys are shallow and... No, this reviewer uh, was just like these objectify jokes are like women. really easy and dumb. That's all they were saying. Um, I mean, I think that Diane has a a very strong mm-hmm. voice. Like I, I can you can tell her. I don't want to say it's sarcastic, but it's her the tone that she uses in her writing. This does seem like uh, her mm-hmm. episode from last season, but. But I enjoyed it. So I think I think it's funny. So we haven't yeah. talked about some of the other fun stuff, and that is, uh, and some of the really heartbreaking stuff. And that's the uh, the Roger. We'll get to our our Roger segment here. And uh, Major um, opens up this episode, and oh man, you know, I've been like talking about uh, for 
since the beginning of the first season about like murdering zombies and you know that it's not just these aren't just like zombies these are people and uh you know there has to be some sort of uh you know guilt this is not like a video game and seeing these kids on the news talking about their father being missing and major making some cereal and then just completely losing his appetite you know, I thought that was great. I'm like, oh, thank goodness they're dealing with like death. This is not just, this is not just a frag in a video game. This is not The Walking Dead where they're half rotted. These are actual conscious people. And uh, yeah, maybe Major made the wrong choice here. <laughs> you know, he killed an innocent person. Now, then again, you know, this father could have been just mur- been murdering people and then taking their brains. And then if Major offed him as a result of that, I would probably be more behind Major. But we had no idea that uh, he, he did that. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad to see Major having to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- these zombies, they are still living normal lives and they are still, um, uh, you know, contributing to success. Contributing to society, they still have families they're taking care of. Um, yeah, and it's not just Major is being controlled by uh, uh, what's his name, Stephen Weber. Uh, Von, yeah, Von Von, yeah, it's not just it's not just that Von is controlling him and causing him to do things he doesn't want to do. Yeah, it's a serious uh, moral question, and Major is such a yeah. sensitive guy. That it's just eating him up inside. It's killing him. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was both sad and happy when I saw that opening scene because, you know, this is it's death. I don't know. This is a father. He was, yes, he was eating brains, but it seemed that he was trying to take care of two kids <laughs> while dealing with this problem. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have all the information that would have, you know, deserved him being killed. I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, I made a note here that Ravi finds Utopium at the crime scene, so that, you know, we get a little hint that this is, we're dealing with, going to be dealing with Utopium in this episode. Um, and, uh, the amazing, uh, the first amazing Roger scene, um, with, uh, uh, Major getting tested and Ravi having the beard glitter. And, uh, we get, uh, Ravi's <laughs> beard is now named, um, Princess Sparkles. Prince yes. of Sparkles. <laughs> uh, so, um, and here is where I was like, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I was, it's when Robbie started talking about having to experience this utopium and that he wants Major's help, I, it was, it was a cute scene, but I was also like, uh oh, <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad can of worms. He was mm-hmm. about to open. And I mean, just just skipping ahead uh, a bit, I, I have to say that you know this this part where Major didn't want anything to do with this, and Robbie talked him into it with his big browns. This might cause uh, a problem between uh, Major and Robbie, you know, uh, big time. Um, but hopefully, Major will realize that he's a grown adult and he, he could have said no. <laughs> Um, but Major's going through some depression right now, and, uh, yeah, um, this is when he, he, he talks to, uh, Liv, doesn't really want to have a talk with her. I, I, 
I was immediately, you know, you know how we in last season where uh, Liv started talking openly about eating brains to Lowell and how that was kind of like a relief there that oh gosh, she finally gets something to talk to. When she started talking about eating the frat boy brains to Major, I was like, oh, this is nice. She gets to actually be open with him. And then when Major's reaction. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I, you're eating brains. That's nothing that I'm, you know, interested in. Uh, he says, uh, you know, he acts like she's taken it to yeah. uh, like, yeah, totally. That it's not, it's not bothering no. her morally. Like all this is bothering right. him. Uh, I don't think Major had to eat brains like Lowell right. did, right? Because she 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 gave him the cure twenty four hours after you know becoming a zombie. Yeah. Sorry, dog started barking. Um, anyway, uh, so they head off to the club, um, and uh, we turn. We, Robbie is very disappointed in Major that he can't score drugs. <laughs> like he can, score, he can get grenades on drugs, but he can't. <laughs> Major's like, I get you a good bazooka, but uh, no. And they pretty much stumble into uh, one of uh, Speedy's uh, nice guy jugglers. Yeah. They look so out of their element. You know, they look very nice. Mm-hmm. They're dressed very nice, but they look like they would rather be mm-hmm. someplace else. <laughs> I love the first reaction of Major Like, Yeah, they're selling something in the bathroom, but uh, uh, it's nothing that we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the kind of transactions yeah, right. we're into. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we start into this whole thing where Robbie is super high, saying that he's floating on goodness. And he's recording voice memos into this phone, you know. Um, and we've all been major when we were around somebody who was drunk or high, and we're mm-hmm. and it's just miserable. And then major realizes so. that maybe he doesn't have to be too miserable anymore. He can uh, just join right in, and uh, we get this uh, super awesome <laughs> rave sequence of. Both of them high as hell and dancing their brains off. And uh, again, the, I, I keep drawing comparisons back to Buffy, but I could not help but think of uh, Buffy and Faith dancing in the bronze together. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> this is Rob, Robbie and Major. Um, yeah, and, you know, and it was at this, at this point where I was like, uh, you know, a major, a major is like, ooh, where do we get more? You know, and I was I, at this point, I, I was personally like, uh, are they going to really treat this lightly? Like, like, you know, I guess I'm Mister Mister Moral Superiority here. I don't know what my problem is, but uh, yeah, it, it's one thing. It's one thing to have a drug in the show, but when your characters start mm-hmm. doing that drug, yeah, that is. You've crossed a lot. Yeah. That's ooh. Like you play it for comedy, and then you're like, "Wait a second these guys these guys are actually doing drugs." <laughs> like, like which are which? Yeah. You know, we have a we have a young CW audience watching this, and it's like maybe we shouldn't encourage this. And then you know we go to the next scene, and trust me, I've got a pretty checkered past myself, so I'm, I'm no one to talk. Uh, but we go to the next scene uh, where. Um, Liv finds a uh, major in that in the stall. Uh, the, the guy has to call. Says majors. He has majors phone and calls Liv into the stall. So I wrote here. I was like, uh, appreciate the reality check. You know, <laughs> like drugs are bad, guys. Here's major throwing up in a in a stall, and this is terrible. 
Yeah. Yep, here's the consequence. But then he carries them out, and there's there's our amazing friend, Raul Coley, friend of the show, dancing up in front with, like, four girls with his shirt all open in front of a screen. Uh, and it's at this point that uh, Diane Rogerio Wright actually wrote um, on Twitter, You're welcome. I'm accepting fruit baskets and cupcakes to my office. Uh, so that was just glorious. Maybe that's my number one <laughs> moment of this episode. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of podcasts that kind of rank the moments of an episode as a way to discuss it. Maybe we should start doing that because it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so uh, Ravi is uh, – they get into a cab and Ravi is very high and talkative, very talkative. Yeah. And we've all been there. Oh, we're best friends. I think we all have that one friend. Please don't shout my secrets yeah. <laughs> into the night. Um, and Major, of course, is, you know, he's paranoid. He's, and he throws Liv's uh, phone out the window. Um, they're listening. Because they're listening. They're always listening. Um, I did actually pause my TV on the text message between Liv and Gilda. And uh, I wrote I wrote this one thing um, from Gilda, which I thought it was hilarious. It said, "Witnessing elephant walking in the flesh was my cue to call it a night." I regret typing in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, elephant walking. I can only imagine what that means. Uh, but yeah, I guess Liv left her back at the party. So yeah. Yeah, I noticed there was a couple of times where, like, screens would show up, and, like, this was uh, around 1.30 in the morning, and I noticed that this episode actually takes place right around, like, July 17th, so, yeah, I don't know. Huh. Um, so Liv gives Major some water and aspirin, and he asks her to stay. <laughs> oh. Um... And, uh, yeah, she sits down and he lays in her lap and, uh, he says, I won't let anything happen to you. And she says, <laughs> I almost shaved your eyebrows. <laughs> I was like, Liv, way to be romantic. <laughs> yeah. I think Diane Margerio said that that's as romantic yeah. as she gets. She also tweeted, I love Liv and Major together. I just do. Which I, uh, and so, yeah, and so we know why he said he won't let anything happen to her. Right. It has to do He's with Vaughn. He's not going to let her get killed. But she, but she feels like it's a, he's given her a second yeah. chance. Oh. Um, oh. The next, we have Robbie's uh, scene of checking his phone the next day. <laughs> Bubbles are magical. <laughs> <laughs> Major! 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 We need velvet for the house! Do you know what, do you know what we need for the house? Velvet! And I didn't even write his rap down, but that was hysterical. <laughs> do you have that, SJ? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I didn't. I was just I waiting for you to bust that. it out, because you've been so good with quotes this episode. <laughs> uh, so, um... Yeah, Robbie sees that there's a, a bad things happen with drugs too. Is the the fact that is this drug dealer with his throat slit uh, gets brought in? Um, who I was very confused who the heck that was until after the commercials. It's like who is that? Yeah, who? I was too. Yeah, I was I was confused. I was confused as well. I thought it might have been maybe a zombie that major yeah. might have killed or something. 
I thought it was yeah. speedy, hmm. but it wasn't too speedy. Um, but yeah, we, we have this final scene where Liv's hoping for a do-over, and she shows up to get this replacement phone that Major said to come over and get, um, but he doesn't want to talk to her. He's uh, getting high in his room with that uh, news report with those kids on his tablet. So sad. Yeah, Diane says, uh, uh, oh, shoot, Ramaya, <laughs> I've lost it. Eh, hugs, hugs are in fact Robert Buckley's drug of choice. He's an addict. Right. Oh, that's what he was saying to uh, um, Ravi in that scene. It's like, I'm not into drugs, I do hugs, something like that. And I bet he does. I bet he gives the best right, hugs. Let's not dwell on it too much. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I, that's all the notes I have. I, I, I got to say, great episode. Um, I think I probably like that one better than the the season premiere. Uh, sorry, Rob. Um, even though that one was great too. Uh, any final thoughts on the episode from you both? Uh, the guy who played the second hmm. Chad. Yes. He was in he was in mm-hmm. True Blood. He was pretty good, uh, and he was also in this terrible movie, Blue Like Jazz. It's one of those movies that you know it's terrible, but you enjoy it anyway. <laughs> I have many of those myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Sj, anything else? Uh, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Like, mm-hmm. I give this two thumbs up. And I'm kind of going to want to go back and rewatch this episode a few more times. Yeah, I really I, I watched it again during my lunch break today. And I was like, I just I just love watching this. It was great. Like the first time I was taking notes like a madman, and and just to be able to sit back and enjoy it is. I should flip that around the other way. I should just sit back and enjoy it the first time, and then take notes after. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Oh, the lesson that Liv learned this episode was that um, she made a choice not to tell Major she was a zombie. And, and that was a bad choice? I don't know. I didn't. That was a bad choice to not tell him. Um, I, I thought it was something about do-overs. Like, sometimes we get do-overs. Yeah, it was something about... He made a choice. I, I don't know. Folks, if you're sensing, uh, uh, you're you know, sensing so- any feedback this week on Zombie Bro, we might have heard your thoughts about what Liv learned. But uh, the mailbox is empty. Uh, um, I'm, I'm very sad to see that. So um, make sure to send in your emails to izombiepodcast at gmail.com. And maybe we'll read it out at the top of the next week's episode if you send anything in. Um, I do have I do have a little bit of feedback here. I'm sorry, Steph. Did I totally interrupt you? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'll go uh, ahead. This next bit of feedback is actually uh, we got some iTunes reviews. Uh, a couple that came in after our our premiere episode of season two. Um, Kevin, our friend Kevin, actually uh, wrote a fun and informative podcast. Robin and Steph are a great team, and they do an excellent job covering the show and having fun while they do it. Subscribe, you won't be sorry. And then, thank you, Kevin. And uh, then Theodrax uh, wrote a review uh, here. It says, Braintastic. It's great to have the original iZombie podcasters back for the new season. I really enjoy the insights and energy that Robin and Steph bring to the show. Here's to another great season of iZombie. Um, thank you, Theodrax. Um, and yeah, if you want to um, possibly give us a little hand... Um, that would be, especially those who maybe have written a review on our previous feed, um, write a new review on the new, th- on the new feed. Or if you haven't written a review before, just go to iTunes, 
Look up our podcast on the iTunes store and leave us a leave us a five star review, um, you know, and uh, we'll read it out on the show. Very much appreciate it, and it actually uh, gets us noticed a little better in the um, in the list of uh, different iZombie things. Um, so thanks for that, and oh, also uh, Spotify. I have a playlist. I've talked about talked to you guys about it before. If you search for iZombie podcast, you'll find that playlist on Spotify. And I just updated it with uh, some brotastic tunes to uh, boogie down to. Um, a lot of the music that was in the club, you know, you can just at home like replicate the amazingness that was uh, Ravi and Major dancing together. Um, maybe with like your dog or, you know, a uh, best friend or something. Or, or why you're Robbie and Major <laughs> not included. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. little sub well, You can take your shirt off, you know, dance in front of your TV screen. Um, anything like that. Uh, <laughs> check it out on Spotify. Just search for iZombie podcast and, uh, I will keep adding tunes as they come along every week. Um, that's it. Um, I have our synopsis for next time. You guys ready for that? <laughs> sure. Bring this it, is bro. the. <laughs> What'd you say, SJ? Oh. <laughs> Bring it, bro. All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, next time on I Zombie, the episode is titled Real Dead Housewife of Seattle. Ali Machaka guest stars. <laughs> uh, I love how they bill her. Ali Machaka, Hellcats, guest stars. Like, yeah, she was also on this show last season. <laughs> um, Liv eats the brains of a recently murdered trophy wife who was pushed to her death from the balcony of her stunning architectural home in the hills by a hired hitman. That was a lot of H's. Um, a Pinot Grigio sipping suddenly fashion-obsessed Liv and Detective Babineau begin questioning suspects in their search for the original brains behind this murder. Meanwhile, Liv and Ravi are surprised to learn that Peyton has returned to Seattle. Uh, Robert Buckley and David Andrews also star. Um, Jason Bloom directs, written by Kit Boss. So, All right. Awesome. Can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. the promo mm-hmm. looks really cute. I think we're going to both have to get makeovers, maybe wear our best on the next podcast. Uh, high heels. Wear high heels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will have mm-hmm. some wine. I'll wear something with cufflinks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, SJ, thank you so much for guesting on our show. No uh, problem. Thanks for having me. Remind everybody where they can find you on the internet. Uh, if you're if you're new to this internet thing, you can uh, go to your local browser and you can type in izombienation.com. From there, you can find me anywhere. Yes. Uh, and definitely, if you're not following him on Twitter, uh, you're 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 not an izombie. Please do so. To be following him, um, it, very very much recommended, along with izombie obsessed. Um, and us. Uh, <laughs> I think all three of us, I think you're good. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, follow up. All right. Uh, that's it. Anything else, folks? All I right. Check it. you later, bros. I'm going to order up some wings and watch some Entourage. Booyah. <laughs> the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. 
Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series, The Defenders Podcast. Find that at defenderspod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash izombiepodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, facebook.com slash groups slash izombiepodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, izombiepodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!